Five ways to get better engagement out of your Sunday sermons. Coming up on the Better Sundays podcast. Welcome to the Better Sundays podcast. Focus, practical, and usable advice for church leaders looking to reach new young families and impact their community. Greetings, 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 howdy, 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 this is Mike Holmes here, and we are broadcasting from probably the fanciest place I've been in a while. I'm in a boardroom over here in Utah, and uh, excited about the opportunity to talk to you today about how to make your Sunday morning sermons more engaging. We've been covering the topic on the podcast on engagement, and this is the idea that customers have to be engaged by the business owner. If you're talking to them, if you're spending time with them, if you're listening to what they say, you will do better as a business owner. You will do better as the, the, the shopkeeper, as we're, we're talking about this. People will buy more, they'll use more, they'll trust you more. And in the case of a church, they will grow more, they will mature more, they will disciple more if you are engaged with them and you have to and we must be engaging uh, as much as possible now there are many things that are anti-engaging evidence and that is the idea of boredom and people not coming back and i didn't get anything out of it because they weren't uh, they weren't engaged now i understand sometimes it's people's own fault and some of that but i want to be and i think you want to be the best that you possibly can be uh, the best pastor you can be, the best Sunday school teacher you can be, the best uh, you know shopkeeper as we're uh, calling it here in this series uh, that you possibly can be. And so we're going to give you five ways to engage people in the speaking side of your of your sermon or your lesson. Now, there are engagement outside of that, and we're going to talk about that, everything from volunteerism to, you know, uh, getting people to, uh, you know, help do different things in the building. There's a lot of different ways to have people engage in your local church or in your Sunday school. Uh, We're going to be talking about, though, during the speaking portion of this. And we have a handout, and I uh, will be getting you an address to that eventually here, uh, that will give you some of these things summarized uh, and you'll be able to to download that so stay tuned next week hopefully we'll have that uh, ready for you the handout I don't have the I have the handout pretty well done but I don't have the link done to it to onto the website so that you can just uh, uh, download it so yeah, for those of you that are here for the first time, this is Mike Holmes, and we're broadcasting this on our YouTube page as well as doing this on our podcast. And uh, I am out of town on the road this week uh, with a little church plant out here in Utah. Excited to spend some time with them and uh, just some neat stuff going on. Um, I am the founding pastor there at Sinclair Baptist Church, and we have a great little ministry going on there in south central Wyoming. And uh, come visit us sometime. But uh, we're here today to talk about this idea of how to get people connected to the ministry uh, so that they can grow and disciple better. And specifically, we're dealing with in when you are speaking. So this would be from the time that you kind of get up and say, all right, open your Bibles, or here's my lesson. I understand in the Sunday school class, it's lots of times little shorter pieces, and you kind of tie them together. Some of this, you'll have to kind of make that fit. 
But as a person who speaks all the time and as a public speaker uh, pretty much all of my entire career, these are some things that I have learned. And I'm going to give you five, and they're going to go from the, the easiest ones down to the hardest ones. And when we get down to the last couple, there are probably some things that you may not be familiar with, uh, or, or you put it this way, you're familiar with them because people have, good speakers have done them with you and you have been locked in uh, to what is going on. But to do them is a little bit more difficult and will take a little bit more time to make that happen. So this is kind of that idea of are we a business and should we be engaging people? And the answer to that is is yes, we believe uh, that paying attention to your customers or your people, and in this case, engaging them is going to be helpful. So let's just start out with these five. I want to get through these. Um, the, the very first one is, is just the idea of uh, that everybody does in, in a service. Um, you know, in, in Sunday school or in church, you do this. It's where you have people stand up. It's where you have uh, people singing. It's where you have a, a kind of that handshaking time. And you have, uh, you know, the engagement of all of that. You greet one another. There's some announcements that make, you know, pay attention. People come up, give different announcements. Adding to this would be things that would engage would be uh, things where like people come up and do like a special music or something and they're sing along uh, that all of that is engaging to people and and people enjoy that and and again this is probably the easiest one to do not to say that that rehearsing music and coming up with all your announcements accurate is an easy thing to do um, but we understand it the best uh, the handshaking time uh, where people go around and greet one another uh, is just kind of a great way to kind of get some engagement. Lots of times, though, in a sermon, that's where it ends, and it just choop, and it's over with there and from there. It's just you know nonstop, uh, you know, teaching a monologue outline might be alliterated. Those are helpful things too, um, but. They, we need to move beyond that, okay? And so some of you have learned to move beyond that, and you've gone to kind of what I call stage two here, and these are sort of your out loud spoken things. It's where you get people kind of to give you a little bit of feedback. Uh, probably the most common um, uh, one, uh, you know, uh, that is there is is where, you know, people in, in some churches, they would say, you know, amen, or you would say, uh, do you agree with that? Yes or no. And, and, and you know, you kind of get a little bit of a verbal feedback from people. You ask them a question and they would answer it back. Uh, many times we do this with children, but let me say something. This works great with adults as well. Okay, so you would use like take a verse and you'd say, for God so loves the what? And everybody would say world. And, and you say, okay, let me, let me say it again. For God so loved the world, they all say it out loud, okay? Um, you know, for God so loved the squirrels, everyone say no. So God so loved the squirrels, no. God so loved the trees, no. God so loved the, you know, the hills and valleys, no. But did God so love the people? Yes. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten what? Son. You see what I'm saying? There's a lot of people that are able to do that, and that's a good way to do it. Now, um, you can do these things very simple, uh, you know, where you just say, for the wages of sin is death, you know, uh, that type of thing. Uh, you could also use where you make a statement and then you say, is this true or false? You know, uh, you know, for God so loved the world, true or false? True. Okay. Uh, for God so loved the squirrels, true or false? False. Okay. 
And for those of you that have a pet squirrel, I apologize. I'm sure the Lord is fond of your squirrel. But uh, you know where I'm, where I'm speaking of here. Uh, many pastors, you probably have heard them say this. Uh, if you've been in the South, sometimes a little bit more common, uh, where there's amens, and they'll say, hey, can I get an amen? Okay, and people will say amen, or they'll put their hand to their ear, you know, and go, I do it all the time uh, at our church. I do it at the end of prayer uh, lots of times. Sometime during the service, we'll say, and all God's people said, amen. Or all God's children said, amen. And uh, so, uh, but again, that's just engagement. That's just some simple stuff. It's not very complicated. And you can do that, add those things in there. And again, those have to be put into your notes that you like, you know, highlight that in green or something that you know that you are going to be uh, doing that and saying something uh, out loud and getting some type of uh, of engagement there. Uh, let me go to the next one. This one's a, a big common thing that people uh, use often. Uh, looking at my notes here, and this is the idea of of using humor uh, because when people laugh, that means that they're engaged with you, that they are connected with you. They heard your your story, they heard your your joke. Uh, you know, uh, don't again, don't bring your family and kids into these pastors. That's not a good idea. Don't joke about your wife. Um, but if you can do the self-deprecating here, you know, stories of of, of uh, uh, you know humor where you did something goofy or you got on the interstate and went the wrong direction for thirty miles. Yeah, you know those kind of things. You. Can can add some humor. Many pastors will do humor at the beginning of a service and because it kind of builds them in and they kind of get that relatability to the to the crowd there and that's okay. Uh, obviously balance all that. Many times in a message you'll find that that because you're covering some heavy content that there needs to be kind of a little breather and so you can go through 10 minutes of you know pretty decent you know heavy theology or a lot of verses or something pretty serious and then you can break out and kind of have something a little bit more lighthearted there and that brings that engagement back in if somebody is caught up or lost. Uh, I know what happens to me anyway if when a pastor gives you know like 50 verses in a row, I'm still on verse number 17 and he's on verse 37 because I'm still looking it up or I kind of got a thought there. And that little bit of humor or that stop, that break to bring me back, okay, is is an important thing for, for a speaker. It re-engages me back. Not that I wasn't engaged in the word. I was just kind of caught up on a thought or an idea. And pastors, if you have a lot of, uh, you know, fairly heavy stuff, then you'll want to kind of time some breaks in there. And it's not like, okay, now it's time for a joke. Uh, you know, you'll have to kind of work uh, work that out and figure out, uh, you know, how how to do that. Uh, there's lots of, uh, lots of ways to, to kind of build that in there. So that idea of putting in some humor that is and having it well timed is kind of our third one here let me get to the fourth one these are ones that now take a little bit more concentration a little bit more study time uh, to figure out how to get them in but this is where you are uh, you know bringing people into your life a little bit more and I call it a bonding circumstance it's where you are speaking and you maybe have presented some doctrine you've done something and then you kind of stop and you say, and this is where I struggled in this week. I was driving my car, you know, I was going down interstate, whatever, and you name a road that they all know. And I suddenly heard a flop, 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 and it was 
not the person over there or whatever that had a flat tire. It was me. It was my turn to have a flat tire on a busy highway. How many of you have ever had a flat tire out on that highway before or in some other place, a busy place? It's like, yes. And so now I am fearful because of the traffic that is there. And I managed to get the car off the side of the road. But still in my heart is cars going by at 65 and 75 and 80 miles an hour. And I am out there. And there's a level of fear that is whelming up in me. Now, when you tell a story like that, that's a bonding circumstance. People kind of come along with that story. They grab hold of that because they too have been there. And sometimes you have to you know, kind of use those, uh, uh, the terminology here. And I, I call it the, the I, we, you thing. In other words, I got into a thing. Maybe we, you know, we've all had a flat tire and a, a place we've all been fearful. And then you kind of bring it to have you ever been in a place where you're on the side of the road and you are fearful. Okay, and so what you have done is you've taken an emotional, you've, you've given them some doctrine, and you're going to go back to your verses on fear not or whatever you taught on, but you're now taking a story, and it's your story, it's an I, a me, a personal story, you bring it to be kind of a, a, a we, you know, we've all been through this, and have you then ever been fearful that is where these verses we just looked at need to come to play. So what you're doing is you're engaging them through a what's what I would call sort of a bonding circumstance. It's something where you you know you you've brought them along. Okay, uh, oftentimes you can do this at the end of a message as well, where you can do the the teaching. Say. Uh, say you just taught on prayer, okay? Spent some uh, good time on uh, teaching about when to pray and how to pray and all the you know different things have to do with prayer. And then you would say, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we all prayed as much as these verses tell us to? Pray without ceasing, you know, be fervent always in prayer. You know, wouldn't it be great if we always did that? But you know, I struggle with that. We all struggle with that. Maybe you struggle with that. Today, let's make a commitment that we're going to pray without ceasing or whatever your, your kind of call to action uh, type of thing is. So you see what I'm saying? This is called a bonding circumstance. It's where partway through the message, you take the, and this often is, is uh, oh, sorry, I'm wiggling things here. Um, often um, uh, an application um, of the message. It's where you actually take and create the real stuff and you really create the true application of the message. And wouldn't it be great if we could overcome this? Wouldn't it be great as on the side of the road when I was broke down that I was not fearful because I had held those verses tight to me? And let me tell you how the rest of the story went. You know, and you can tell tell the story. People love, uh, love that type of thing. So that is our fourth one there. It's what I call a bonding circumstance where you tell a story, and it doesn't always have to be about you, but it has to be close enough. Have you ever been in a situation like this? Have you ever, you know, broke down? Have you ever been fearful? Have you ever been alone? Have you ever, you know, been anxious? Have you ever been filled with grief? 
you know, wouldn't it be great if we could use these verses and and have victory through our grief, through our anxiousness? So that's a bonding circumstance. That, all right. So that number five, okay. And for those of you listening here on the podcast, I'm in a in a kind of a cool boardroom at a at a place out here in the middle of Utah. It's uh, kind of night, and I was bumping this table, and everything started shaking. So sorry about the the cameras wiggling here. Uh, for those of you that, uh, and let me take a break for just a second here. For those of you that are watching this on YouTube, we have a a podcast called the better sundays podcast and you can find that on itunes and stitcher and spotify and all the different places and you can go and subscribe to that we appreciate that and share that we have quite a few people that listen every week and i'm grateful for everyone that does and the feedback that we get from that i'm just uh, very grateful for that uh, for those of you who are watching this on youtube okay uh or, or i said that on youtube those of you listening on the podcast you can go to our youtube channel where we have all sorts of helpful uh downloaded videos of training of every circumstance just recently uploaded some things on volunteerism and uh, if you are trying to uh, help your church to to grow and to be what it needs to be reach the people of your community you'll find that youtube and just go to the word reach keep on youtube and you will find us type in those two words together reach keep and and there we are um will be uh, helpful for you as well and of course you can always go to reachkeep.com and find uh, all sorts of resources there so uh let's get back to number five and this was the one that uh is probably the one of the more difficult ones and it has to do with this idea of what i call uh, inductive stories now for those of you that don't like stories Stories, the word stories, I don't like, a lot of pastors don't like someone telling a story all the time. We'll just call it an illustration, okay? Uh, but an inductive illustration, it's something, uh, and the word induce here is a kind of the idea of, perhaps you're uh, familiar with the idea of, of labor was induced in the childbearing process many times. Um, and the doctors uh, do some things to induce labor. In other words, they're going to bring forth. And this is the idea of, of bringing forth the conclusion here. But you're going to have uh, this idea, the, the, you're going to have a, tell an illustration or you're going to give something where the people are ahead of you, they are outthinking you, and they come to the conclusion of the story prior to what you actually finish it up. And it takes a little bit of, of crafting to take a, a, an illustration and kind of put some of this stuff together. And it's where people are, are figuring out what is going on in an illustration. And this is, again, thus the engagement. Okay, And there are many, many stories that can be taken and kind of sort of you, you take the story or the illustration and you kind of fabricate it where the people kind of figure out what the conclusion is. And what when they figure out the conclusion, they're ahead of you. You're eventually going to say the conclusion, but since they figured it out, they are totally with you. And this is usually done at the end of a message that is done at the end of the teaching time. And it is a, a kind of a tie the knot, kind of bring things together. Uh, let me just give you a couple of them. And these would be, uh, I'm going to have to make these extremely short um, or, or just kind of give you some illustrations and you'll kind of figure out where they go. That they're, they're, You would draw this out and the story would be longer than this. But um, one is a, um, I heard a story about a guy in a skyscraper, like on the 50th floor of a skyscraper in Toronto. And he was it was a law office and it had the, the glass ceilings that went from floor to, 
to ceiling or the windows went from the floor. So if you walked into the room, it's basically like there's this piece of glass and then it's, you know, 500 feet to the ground. And it's, a, you know, a little bit intimidating. And this lawyer had a bunch of new lawyer students and he was showing them that this was, uh, you know, a completely safe place and you could walk they all walked up and looked at it and some of them tap 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 on the glass and he said let me show you how strong it is and he pushed his shoulder into it and he didn't he wanted to just show him it wasn't just pushing the shoulder he wanted to show him that he you could really put your shoulder into it so he backed up took a step and hit it really hard and a few of them were like wow that's he says no it's really strong and he backed up the third time and he started to run and put his shoulder into it and you're all, and, 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 you know, back to the lesson here, you're all like going, no, this isn't true. He's not really going to hit this really hard with his shoulder. And yes, he did. And you know what happened. 50 floors, the man fell to his death. But you could tell when the guy was putting his shoulder into it, you were starting to figure out, it's like, this guy is nuts. He's going to test this glass by hitting it with his shoulder. And you see what I'm saying is you're kind of with the illustration. You're like, oh no, this is not really going to happen. Okay. And there are, and so that's a bad one. Some of them are good ones. Like for example, some of the, many of the old Aesop's fables that are out there um, are, are illustrations of this. And again, you'll have to kind of create your own, uh, you know, what we're calling here, this uh, inductive story or inductive illustration. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but the one, uh, the tortoise and the hare, uh, it's like, you know, they're both at the starting line. The race starts. They both they go and the rabbit goes and he's out of there. And the tortoise takes a step and another step and another step. And the rabbit gets distracted and goes over here and distracted over here. And the tortoise keeps on plodding away, plodding away, plodding away. And it, you know, if you told that story longer and if it were, uh, you know, kind of drawn out a little bit, after a while, you know, a little bit, the people are going to know that this tortoise is, is plodding away and the, the rabbit is getting distracted. And who is going to win the race? You, you at the partway through it, you know that the tortoise is going to win, you know, going to win the race because he keeps plodding along. That's what I mean by an inductive story. You kind of have figured out the ending before it actually ended. And finally, the rabbit wakes up and he's way over here. And the tortoise is a few steps from the finish line and crosses the line before he does and and the rabbit is the loser and the tortoise is the winner and then you go on and make your illustration so i hope i'm being clear uh, the, another one that's kind of in the, the fable era is the goose that laid the golden egg and it's the guy goes out and the you know his goose laid an egg and it was gold and he's like wow that is great next day goes out another golden egg next day goes out golden egg and you're like wow this is you know he's he's really excited he's got these golden eggs coming and then he kind of starts getting what starts he starts getting greedy and he says i'm going to go and he grabs the big butcher knife and he goes out there i'm going to get all those eggs at once and you're going no no it doesn't work that way the goose is not jam-packed full of golden eggs and if you kill it you're going to kill the goose that laid the golden egg you see what i'm saying that is an illustration or a story that has this ending where people are are coming to it and there are many in the bible that can be done that way you know peter when he was you know walked on the water he started to walk towards 
towards Jesus. And, and if someone's never heard that story before and Peter started looking around and he saw the waves and he saw the wind and he saw the foam and what do you think? And they're all knowing that Peter is sinking already. They've already kind of figured some of that out. So you can take stories and make them that way. And that is a great way to create some engagement in your message. And again, these take uh, the first one, you know, hey, let's all stand up and shake hands. That's easy. Telling a joke here and there, that's easy. Hope you get some of those things in, uh, get a little humor in there. Uh, but when it comes to these last ones, what we call the bonding circumstances, those are ones that usually come from your own personal life, and you can kind of say, this is how I applied this. And then the last one there, uh, the inductive stories, uh, where you're really inducing people to kind of be thinking ahead of what the conclusion is. Uh, those are powerful, and you can wrap things up with that. So anyway, wow, I hope, uh, hope all five of those are helpful for you. Please, right now, hit the thumbs up button. I would appreciate that. Uh, that lets people know that there's some good content here. Uh, and then, of course, if you share this or you know promote it in other ways, uh, I think on, th on YouTube, you can. Uh, it, there is a share feature there. And there's also uh, just lots of different ways to do this. So thank you for helping out uh, reachkeep.com and, and the Better Sundays podcast to, uh, to get out here. Uh, we'll be getting this out to you uh, just like we do every week. We have this. You can go back and listen to our other ones that have to talk about, uh, you know, some of that. But this one is five ways to to really kind of uh, get people more engaged in your Sunday morning sermons. So pass this on to somebody else. So uh, from me here, wherever you are, uh, make sure you serve the Lord with gladness. Enter to His gates with thanksgiving, and uh, God bless you. We will catch you next week. Uh, make sure you subscribe so that it comes to you automatically. But we'll see you next week uh, right here. Take care. God bless. You.